would what if we got like a K-pop star to come on our podcast? Man, that would be crazy. Yeah, right. Like if we could actually get somebody who sings and performs in Korean to come and talk to us, that would blow my mind. Hi, we are Tura Talk. I'm Zara, and I cannot wait for you all to see who we have on the show today. And I'm Sophia, and whatever Zara said, I agree because this is going to be the first time that we're doing something like this. Ooh. Very excited! But before we get into all of that, we are Nuna Talk, a podcast where we talk about K-pop, K-drama, K-culture, especially if you're a Desi stan. But even if you're not, we're very welcome and inclusive for everyone. You can subscribe to us here on YouTube, where we have weekly episodes every Wednesday, along with many, 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 many MV reactions. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Nuna Talk. Exactly like it sounds. If you don't like video and only want the audio version, we are on all podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. Yes, we're everywhere. And today we are meeting somebody who is very special because it's a K-pop star. <laughs> yes, uh, I think all of us who have watched K-pop for a while, deep in our heart. We have practiced MVs in our rooms. We have imagined doing fan signs. We have thought about what our stage name would be. My stage name, unfortunately, did get stolen by BTS. Very sad about that. There'll be a story time about that eventually. Maybe let's. It see. will. But is But it time for us to get into it, yeah? Get into it, yeah. And finally, joining us on Nuna Talk this week is Lives, an independent K-pop artist. Say hi! Hi, everyone. It's Lives. Nice to meet you. Awesome. Okay, just to kick us off, tell us a little bit about yourself and your music and your journey. As you mentioned before, yes, I'm an independent K-pop artist. Uh, I got into K-pop in 2009. I'm a second gen girl. Um, it's been a really long time, and I've been performing K-pop since maybe like 2011. I was part of a lot of cover dance groups and even a cover dance and vocal group. Um, and I just really, really felt so passionate about performing and about K-pop, and I decided to take it to the next level. Um, by doing some training in Korea, and after that training, and all the you know knowledge and wisdom that I got, I was like, you know what, I really want to keep doing this, but I'm gonna go independent. You know, I think that it's just best that I have the creative control and get to express myself and all that stuff. So yeah, that's me. That's really cool because I've been seeing your Instagram, and it's you. You do everything. You do the dancing. <laughs> you do singing. You do some video production as well. I've seen like you made short films. And yeah. it was so interesting. So, was this something you did even before you got into K-pop, or was K-pop what kind of made you get into different forms of art? Mm, I would say that it started before I got into K-pop. Like, I would say my earliest theater production. I think I was like two years old. So I was like a baby oh, wow. in the nativity play <laughs> at my <laughs> church, and. I just kept doing like dancing and singing and stuff like that, like as a child. But as soon as I got into K-pop, it was like, oh my gosh, it like clicked. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, because in K-pop, you know how like idols can do everything. They're allowed to dance, 
sing, act, they can do whatever. Like, the decision to become like a trainee and um, you move to Korea as well and join the company there as well. Like these were major like choices and money moves to make. What yeah. uh, motivated you to do that? So I actually was working at a Korean business. Um, it was an academy kind of like the one that I ended up attending, but it was in Canada. And I was really, really close with the owners and stuff like that. So I was, it wasn't my job, but like they would have me be staff for auditions. So I was staff for like a YG audition and like a something else audition. And I was like, oh. I don't want to be staff. I was like, why <laughs> am I on the staff side? I'm on the wrong side of the table right now, you know? So I really was kind of just like, you know what? I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to move back home because that was when I was living in Toronto. I moved back to Vancouver and I was like, you know, I'm going to save up money and then I'm going to go to Korea. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> the pandemic oh. happened. Yeah. So during the pandemic, um, I did or just before the pandemic, actually, I did an audition for a company that said they were looking for global talent. So I was really excited, really hyped up for it. And I didn't get it. And I felt pretty defeated. So I was like, you know, I'm not even going to do K-pop. I'm just going to like, you know, be a performer. I'll do something else somewhere else. But um, in the end, because of the pandemic, like staying in and like working on music and all that stuff, I was like, okay, but I feel like I haven't tried every option. I haven't actually been to Korea before. If I go to Korea, find out what they think, what they're gonna, you know, like say, like I want their honest opinion, like tell me if you think I'm crazy for doing this, please just tell me. Um, and it ended up being that I went there and, you know, things turned out a lot better than I thought. I was very negative about the whole thing. I was like, I don't think that anything is gonna happen or that they're gonna be like, yeah, you're so cut out for this. So when you went to Korea, like tell us, like, you know, everyone who's ever been into K-pop, you see like so much of Seoul in like shows and like in behind the scenes. So like stepping into Seoul, like stepping off Incheon Airport for the first time, like describe that first maybe week for you. What was that like? <laughs> this is funny because since it was during the pandemic, my first two weeks in Korea were in quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine, no, no. But at a super nice hotel. I don't know how they decided. They had like a bunch of hotels all over Korea, like allotted for people who are quarantining. But both times that I went, I stayed at the Grand Hyatt in Incheon. Oh, wow. And I was like, why am I here? I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Such a fancy place, but it was costly for sure. Um, So it sucks that you didn't get to choose. But like in the first like time like I landed, I was like, okay, this is kind of crazy. I just want to make sure that I get through and like they're not going to have any problems with my visa. So then that happened. But then they take you on a bus straight to the hotel. You wait, you sign in and then you're locked in your room for like two weeks. So for two weeks, I was like, I don't know where I am. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like I'm just in the void. But when we got out of quarantine, um, they shuttled us over to a train station where we were going to meet our taxi driver. And I was like looking out the windows as we were going and I was like, this place looks so much like Vancouver. So I really didn't feel it until I stepped out of the van and everybody was Korean. I was like, oh, oh, this is Korea. I was like, whoa, you know, like it was just really kind of surreal where I was like, if I wanted to speak to someone right now, I'd have to speak Korean. Like that's my like only option. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, wow. Like it really hit me then. So you were a trainee for, um, how long were you training for and what would be some of the positive or and or negative experiences that you had during your training time? 
Mm -hmm. So I was a trainee for a combined total of six months because I went two times on a three month visa. Um, the first time I went, I did the IDOL program because I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. This is my last stab at the IDOL thing. I'm going to give it a go. But um, speaking of negative experiences, um, doing the IDOL program, it was tough but not for the reasons I thought that it would be tough. Um, I really enjoyed the training, like, you know, the, the singing and everything and getting the feedback from the teachers. And they were really, really like tough on us, but in the best way. And I guess it's just cause I'm used to like taking lessons and classes already. So like if a teacher is like coming down on me, I'm like, yeah, this is just what I need to improve. But um, I had a difficult time with some of the other trainees who were foreign as well. I thought oh, okay. that I would have a hard time with the Korean trainees. I was like, what if we can't communicate? What if they're like, you know, mm. I don't know what to do. And at first they were a little bit like nervous because they're like, oh my gosh, foreigner. Ah, but um, in the end, like the teachers around were just like, she speaks Korean, you know, just, just talk to her, you guys, you're all being weird. And we all ended up bonding a lot. Um, but with the foreign trainees that I was with, I did have some issues as far as like, you know, kind of competitiveness and like jealousy mm. and I think that that's something that happens like regardless of whether you're training at an academy or a company like you look at the people around you and you're just like this person could be in the way of me reaching my dream because maybe this person looks similar to me or they have similar traits to me or they're better than me like all these little things kind of get in your head mm. I personally am not like that competitive of a person <laughs> so I'm just like you know I'm focused on me and myself but other trainees are different so that was definitely something <clears throat> that made me reconsider um, just being an idol because I realized I was like, you know, in the group dynamic, this sense of competition like never stops. It never, oh, never yeah. ends. Like you have a member who's the most popular member and you're just like, why am I in the sidelines? Or, you know, that member is getting brand deals. The other members are not. So I was just like, can I handle the possibility that maybe <clears throat> that I might be in a team or a group on the other side on my second trip I went into the singer songwriter program and my teacher was super enthusiastic about it she was just like I really wanted to just let you try the idol thing because like you said you were like I want to try it I want to give it a go but being a singer songwriter suits you so much so I was like okay let's go so <laughs> we did a lot of stuff um just working on like performance coaching as a soloist and vocal styling and all this dynamics and stuff and I feel like at that moment when I was doing the singer songwriter stuff, I truly felt like, oh, I can be an artist. Like I'm capable of this mm -hmm. and I can actually do it. So it was really, really nice. And the second time around, the people that I was there with were so nice. The other foreign trainees were so welcoming. The Korean trainees are so sweet too. I made a lot of friends. So I think that all the memories and the kind of like activities that I got to do but that were messed up a bit in the first time around, were like amended by the time I went back for the second one. So interesting. I don't think anybody on the outside would even think of something as simple as people being competitive. Like that's right, so basic. Right. But right. like, so tell me when you, uh, so you got into these programs, who were hosting these and how did you find out about this to begin with? Like, mm -hmm. So for me, yeah, because we have an audience who's very um, interested in moving to Korea and like either pursuing dance or singing or maybe both. So I think mm -hmm. they'd be really interested in it as well so for me what happened was i was initially looking at um the ygx academy when i wanted to go to korea um but i found out that that academy only is a gateway into yg entertainment or the black label like you don't get to 
audition for other labels so i was like mm, maybe not and also it is so expensive it is so oh, expensive. really if, yeah, if it's I, okay can you like tell us what the cost might be approximately i think for ygx it was like something like three thousand dollars a month or three thousand oh, wow. dollars for oh. like a month and a half and this is not including any of your accommodation your food you're not this is just the training Oh. So I was like, wow, wow, I don't think I can go to YGX. <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. Um, but I had friends that like we were networking and stuff like that just because we're both like, you know, idol hopefuls and stuff. And one girl, she was in Korea at the moment and she was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to a local academy. So in Korea, there's like academies everywhere. Like they're literally everywhere. Um, idol training is a huge business in Korea. It's very lucrative for them because... So many people want to do it, but not everybody's going to make it. So, you know, it's it's a big business. But um, I chose to go to an academy called Dream Vocal just because that's where my friend was going. I was like, girl, I'll go wherever you're going. I don't, I don't know. Like, this one's more affordable. This one has a really good curriculum. Um, but yeah, I looked them up online and all the information's in Korean. Um, so for people who want to go to like a truly just like kind of Koreans only. I say only because there will always be foreigners, but like, you know, where you're expected to speak Korean, expected to be treated the regular trainee way. Um, yeah, knowing Korean is a huge thing, but there are also academies like, um, I think Akopia is one of them. There's um, K-pop star academy, something like that, that are like- K-pop star has been advertising everywhere. Like I have yeah, seen I on YouTube, on Instagram, they're everywhere. I was just like, what is this? Like guys, I already <laughs> went, like, I don't need this. Like, <laughs> I was so confused, but yeah, no. Um, there's ones like that where they're geared towards foreigners. So you're gonna have so many staff who speak English. You're gonna have people who are able to help you with booking your flight. They might even offer accommodation, but the academy that I went to, because it is just, you know, an academy somewhere in Seoul, like it's not dedicated for foreigners, you pay for everything else yourself and that includes your lessons. So yeah, yeah. Everybody should do a little bit of research and find out what's the best option for them based on their Korean level. Cause they don't play about you speaking Korean. Like. Our teacher, <laughs> the one teacher who spoke English, she would literally be like, I'm not talking to you guys in English. You want to debut in Korea? Speak Korean. And I was just like, I'm okay. Like, I speak pretty good Korean. But for some of the other foreign Chinese, like, they would, like, whisper in English, like, out of fear of being caught. And it was just oh, really funny. So you are from Vancouver. You've lived in Korea. Now you're in England. What is next for Liz? <laughs> that's so funny um I have no idea at any given time because I would say that every single time I moved to a different place I was like I had no idea I was gonna be here <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of interesting but um right now I'm finding a really good network creatively here in London so I'm really really happy to be here and stay here for a while um it's very likely that for business reasons I might bounce back and forth between London and Korea. Uh, tell us what was like a day in the life of a trainee, like if just when you were doing your training, what was that day like? Okay, so the thing with these academies is because it's an academy, um, you are responsible for yourself. And I mean, I think for other trainees too, like you have your classes, but then in your free time, it's up to you to practice and rehearse. So for me, 
I was one of those people who liked to stay at the academy till it closed. So I would go later in the day. So I would be like, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm sleeping in in the morning. Like I sleep until like 10. Then I get ready and I would head to the academy, get there by like 11 or 12. And then I would spend the whole day there. Usually if I had like a vocal lesson, I would take my vocal lesson, but I would come a bit earlier so that I could like practice right before and like warm up and stuff. Cause my teacher was just like, we don't have time for warm ups. Let's go, let's sing the song, blah, blah, blah. I was like, ah, so yeah, um, I would practice first. Then I would do my lesson and then if we were working on a team project then we would have team rehearsals almost every single day and that was just <laughs> that was a lot that was a lot for sure because um in the idol program at least um it's like you have to when you do the performance class you have to perform singing and dancing at the same time so you're rehearsing with the team you have to get your formations together you have to know the lyrics you have to make sure the notes are right like all of this stuff so it was necessary for us to practice together every day but um if we weren't working on a team project like when i was in the singer songwriter program i could choose to just go practice like piano let's say because i did take piano lessons the second time around or i would go and dance just by myself in the studio practice my audition stuff um and there would also be mock auditions once a month um the mock auditions are basically a system where it's like they you do a fake audition and you get feedback from the teachers, but then they rank you, like the whole academy, they rank you. <laughs> so it's like out of oh, 100 wow. and something students, like you get your rank. The highest rank I ever got was I think 20th, but wow. there were like friends of mine who like they ranked like first place and I was just like, geez, like that's crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So that also makes the competitive environment a lot more, yeah. But um, so we would do mock auditions sometimes uh, we would have a weekly kind of like lectures, I guess, like there would be different topics. Like one of them was like how to look good on camera for like a camera test when you do an audition. Um, one of them was just like what this company is looking for today and how to kind of bring that out of yourself. Like they would really make you like meld into what the company wants for like that week or like that month. And it was a lot, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that Mm, like on a regular day it would be like let's say like three four hours vocal practice maybe a class either vocal class or piano class um i took dance classes separately like i would go to one million and take classes there oh, um wow. yeah i love one million. Oh, cool. Same. So cool. <laughs> yeah 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 but um i would either do that and then i would like do dance practice or vocal practice again but um yeah usually i think because of the pandemic they closed really early like compared to like when they would usually close, but like I would stay till like 10 p.m. and then I would go home. So I know you've got some music coming out. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? Okay, I'm so excited about this. Oh my gosh, I actually just got the final mix yesterday. We did oh, our wow. live studio session and I was like <gasps> listening to it. I'm so excited about it. But um, I actually released a single in 2021 because I was like, you know what? Let me give this artist thing a try. Like, let me do it. And it came out kind of bad, being very honest. It came out kind of bad. And I was like, darn, like, you know, that really sucks. But last year um, when I moved to um, England, I was just like, you know, let me try some performances. Let me try some gigs. So mm -hmm. I was doing like open mics and jam sessions. And then I got the opportunity to perform. And I reached out to a guitarist who was also an amazing producer. And he was like, you know, I really, really like this song. And then he one day just like sent me like his own like draft version of it. And I was like, what? Like you, what are you remaking this? And I was just like, 
oh my gosh, like, let's redo it. Like, let's do the whole thing over. So that happened really spontaneously um, in September. And now we have like the remade version of the song. It's completely revamped, has a new title. It's called Venus. And I'd say it's a bit of a love letter to like how I used to feel about entering the K-pop industry. Like when I was young, I was like, I will do anything for y'all to choose me. Like, please just pick me, choose me. Like, <laughs> I truly <laughs> was so, so desperate for that. But, um, you know, it's kind of a way of like kissing that goodbye and stepping forward as like my independent self who's going to like pave my own way, you know? Where can our audience hear it? Um, on all streaming platforms. It will be available everywhere. Um, so yeah, anywhere you want to listen, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, everything. So wait, it'll be out by the time you see this, for sure. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited. We're excited for you too. That's such a yeah, big step, you know, after, after listening to your entire story, I think this feels like such a nice, uh, like a ending part to it. Like you're finally getting to release your own music. Mm-hmm. And... So I had one more question, uh, like you have trained in, like you've done uh, dance classes and everything in Canada as well, and then you moved to Korea to train there. Are you also taking classes in London as well? Or are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I'm taking dance classes, but I kind of had to stop for a bit. I actually mm-hmm. sprained my ankle last year, oh, so no. I couldn't dance for months. And I started dancing again, maybe just like last fall. Um, but my ankle's like acting up again, which really, really sucks. So I'm trying to take it easy, take it slow. But um, yeah, I'm doing that. And I'm currently on the hunt for a vocal teacher who is either Korean or sings in Korean. Like, I I don't know who I'm going to find. But um, yeah, I did some trial lessons with some other teachers, but I haven't found the right fit yet. But it's super important to keep training all of your skills, like no matter how much training you've received, like it has to be a constant thing. So, so like, what is the, is there a different difference in approach the way teachers in maybe uh, Canada do it versus teachers in Korea or teachers in London? Like, is it different or is it more or less similar? I would say it's different. In Canada, dance classes felt really, really competitive. Like, it really felt like it was a competition. Um, I spent some of the time that I was studying in Toronto, like studying performing arts. And so I did do dance classes on like the industry level, which means everybody in the room is like trying to book a job. Like everybody's like, you know, I need to impress this choreographer so they'll pick me for jobs and stuff. And I just wanted to learn, but you can really feel the competitive energy. So that was super like, ugh. but I found that in Korea and in London, that class is just, it's just a vibe. Everybody's just there to dance. Everybody wants to have fun. And that just makes it so much easier to enjoy. Um, But as far as like vocal teaching, um, I would say that in Korea, they really take this approach of like understanding your voice and making you sing well for your voice. Whereas in Canada, it's like, it was very much like, this is the foundation. This is what you have to do. And whatever sound it makes is whatever sound it makes. Like, that's not our problem. (laughs) But um, in Korea, they were very, very adamant about like wanting to bring out the uniqueness of my voice and like my own vocal color, which really helps with confidence too. So yeah. Awesome. Okay, before we thank you for joining us, can you tell our audience where they can find you, how they can follow you? You can find me on Instagram at lives, L-I-Y-V-Z. I'm also on TikTok at official.lives and Twitter also official.lives um i have a youtube channel if you search lives l-i-y-b-z 
on YouTube. You can definitely find some vlogs and stuff like that. And you'll definitely want to be subscribed because some making of behind the scenes stuff is going to come out. Um, but yeah, I'm super, super happy to have been here. Thank you so much for having me. You were both lovely. Thank you. So of course. I'm very excited for your song. So if you haven't already, go listen to Venus. What are you waiting for? And subscribe and follow Liv. Thank you so much for joining us today at Nuna Talk. Okay, thank, thank you so you. much. Bye. Bye.